We're starting in a new series this week called Working for the Man, and it's just a four-week series about work and about uh, what it means to work. And really the question I have been asking myself through this series that I hope we can kind of ask each other and you can ask yourself is, does God care about your job? Does God care about your work? And, and as we think about this, and you might think, well, I'm going to get out of this series because I'm retired and I don't have to work, okay? Uh, that, that's not going to get you off the hook. And you might think, well, I, I go to school, so I don't work. I'm, I'm in class. This is going to apply to all of us. Whether you're in school, whether you have a job, whether you have two jobs, you say, but ah, I'm a stay-at-home mom. So I can check out for the next four weeks. This applies to all of us. What we're talking about is this idea that does God care about what we do? And, and, and I don't know if you've met this guy or gal, but they get a job um, and you're excited for them. And a few months later, you ask them how the job's going. And they say, oh man, my boss was insane. I just, I just walked on out of there. You know, they, 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 he's crazy. You know, he wanted me to do stuff that you know, I, I shouldn't have had to have done. So you go, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe some you know, stuff went wrong or whatever. And then uh, the next, uh, uh, next time that you, you see him again, they got another job and you're like going, Hey, what, what, you know, how's that going? Oh man, those people are idiots there. You know, the whole company, you're like really a, a billion dollar company and they're all idiots. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, or, or, and then, you know, the, it comes to the next job and, and you, you kind of see where this is going. And the, the idea is that, is that that person is created a certain way and they just feel like they need a job that kind of celebrates who they are and the, the, uh, the board of directors should come and listen to every little thing they want to say. Wow, you've been here two weeks, but man, thanks for all that input on how to run this corporation. We really appreciate it. And, and, and there's kind of that extreme. And the extreme is that, man, you know, God has a certain job for me that's just perfect. Then there's the other extreme. That, that would be that, that my job is going to, um, my, my, my work is going to fulfill everything for me. Then there's the other extreme. And you, that person has already just given in, you know what? Work is just a curse. <laughs> it's never going to be fulfilling. It's always going to be hard. And so you, you, you've kind of picked those people. They, they're just, they got a giant calendar in their garage. And it's just like 15 years more of hell. And then I can retire. And you talk to him again, I've only got five years to go, man. Five years of this horrible, horrible existence called work. Now, again, we don't really know those two people. Those are two extremes. But I feel like in some ways in my own life, I feel like I kind of tend to go back and forth when I'm not careful. I tend to go kind of, I, 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 I kind of, some, sometimes I think, man, you know, my job should be, not, not, not so much anymore, and we'll get to this, of what happens when you get into full-time ministry, but, but like, you know, getting that thing of like, you know, at least back when I had my uh, other job, you know, I wish, if only, if, if only this were happening at my job, if only that coworker, I, I used to have this coworker, and they'd clip their nails in the cubicle next to me, and I, I hate that sound. I mean, I cannot stand that sound. But the thing about clipping your nails is there's three clips per nail. 
Like, like you know what I'm saying? You don't just clip it and one nail's done. It's like, so you know, and they've got 10 fingers. That's 30 clicks to you math majors. And so I just sit there going, oh, and I remember thinking, man, if they just wouldn't clip their nails, this job would be perfect. And that's the thing. We get to this thing where, oh, the, what's, and what do we ask each other? What's your dream job? As though there's a dream job. Is there a dream job? Is there a job that God has for you? Now, some of us are, are living that out right now. We're in our dream job. You know, we're just like, man, we love this kind of stuff. Others are like, I dream that I don't have a job. And you're just thinking, I, I just want to get out of here. Well, where, what does God have to say about work? And so what we're going to try to do is over the next few weeks, kind of analyze this. Does God care about what we do? Does God care about how we spend our retirement? Does God care how we do our schoolwork? Here's one for you kids. Glad you're here. Does God care how I do my chores? Oh, yes, he does. No, I'm kidding, right? Right? You know, you're a stay-at-home mom. Does God I, I just changed my 7,000th diaper. Does God care? I mean, come on. I think he does. Let me, let me show you kind of how we were created. I want to go back to creation first to see what did God intend any, in the first place when he created us, right? And then we'll look at the fall a little bit when Adam and Eve ate the stuff they weren't supposed to eat and did the stuff they weren't supposed to do. And then we're going to look at a church where this was a problem. The, the, the idea of work was a problem. And then we're going to look at a section of scripture that I hope if we can kind of own this, I, I'm praying that it will totally change the way we look at our school, the way we look at our household chores, the way we look at our work, the way we look at retirement, the way we look at just kind of being a stay-at-home mom or dad, or being unemployed. Does God care about how you're unemployed? Okay, so, so we're going to look at that. Um, so the first thing we're going to look at is in Genesis chapter 126. This is creation, and God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Okay, so this is Trinity speaking right here. This is God speaking, saying, I have an idea. <laughs> We're going to create man. I'm going to create man and, and woman. Okay? And we're going to do it in our image. Now watch. In our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea. And over the birds of the sky. And over the cattle. And over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Here. We're going to create man... And we're going to give them something to do. This is very important. When you look at your own body and how you were created and you look at your, your kind of everything around you, we were not created to lie in a vegetative state with a remote control in our hand. Okay, we were created to produce. We are created to create. God is a creator. God is at work right now. Working. God created us to produce. And so one of the things he gave us was dominion and rule over creation. He essentially said, you are stewards of the creation that I've made. I made all this stuff. I'm taking man and I'm placing you in the place to be stewards of that. Now, what does it mean to be a steward of creation in pre-fall creation? I have no idea, okay? But I don't think it was like going up to cattle and going, sit. You know, oh, cool, shake. You know, hey, hey, we're ruling over all the, you know, you're like having fish jam all around. And, yeah, I don't think it looked like that. 
And here's why. Because later in chapter 2 of Genesis, God gives kind of a little more insight into this. He says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. Not to lie there and nap all day and then wake up and eat a piece of fruit and then, you know, eat it and then go back to sleep. And I mean, that's kind of how we view when things are going well. When I stop working, when I retire, I'll be able to relax, right? Which is great. God put relaxation in the process. What do you say? Six days, you'll work. And the seventh, you'll Sabbath. You set it apart. It's holy. There's nothing wrong with relaxing. But we were designed, I think, to create and to produce and to manage. I think this is innate in who we are. And I think it's part of the likeness of God. As a matter of fact, uh, well, a- anyway, I want to sh- read this verse. Because men, if, you, if you're feeling like you want to fall asleep, check this out. This is, memorize this verse and share it at home as much as possible. Because it wasn't that when man fell... When sin entered, then God created work. That's not what happened. Work was already there. Watch what happens. Then to Adam, he said, because you've listened to the voice of your wife. See that? That's trouble. See, and, and you, you've got this verse now. And women love this kind of stuff when you do this uh, at home. You can lord that over her. Like, baby, I respect you, I, I, but God told me clearly in the scripture, well, we got to do it my way. Last time somebody listened to their wife, they were, look, cursed is the ground. I don't want our ground cursed. Come on. Okay, really, the, she's going to love it. Take that home with you. That's a freebie. No, I put the three dots there because there's a caveat in there that makes it all normal again, okay? It wasn't that he listened to his wife and God's like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? You know, I'm cursing the ground. He, he listened to his wife. They ate the apple or the pomegranate or this fruit, whatever one you, you, you're theologically bent towards. And, and, and God cursed the ground. In other words, you're still going to work. You're still going to create. But now, with that ground that you were cultivating, that, that stuff that was growing up to give me glory and the creation all around, with that is going to come thorns and weeds and thistles. And anyone who's got a garden... It really happened. I mean, you spend more time, don't you spend more time weeding than doing anything else? It's crazy. Every time I walk out in the gardens there, I'm like, honey, get on these weeds. It's very, it's a, it's a lot, of, lot of weeds. But again, this, I'm going to get so many emails today. It's fun. Um, but, but the ground was cursed. It wasn't that, hey, since you did that, now you have to work. Now you have to wake up from your nap. God had us, prior to the fall, stewards of creation. You know what? We still are stewards of creation. We've never lost that mandate. We just do it really poorly now. And it, it takes a lot of work. Okay? I just want to share one other thing real quick. Uh, that's not a verse that's not back here. But it's the idea that God is working now. Jesus made this incredible statement in John chapter 5, verse 17. He says, My Father is always at His work. Isn't that interesting? An interesting kind of theological exercise to do in your mind? That God is always at his work? What does God do during the day? Oftentimes I think of God as just kind of like sitting in a, in a throne, you know? Just kind of going, man, I hope this all works out the way I'd planned. Or I already had it all done. You know, I wound it up and now I'm just watching it go. 
Jesus said, my father's always at his work. And then Jesus says this. To this, he's always at his work to this very day. And I too am working. Jesus had begun this redemptive process. At creation, God's plan was damaged. We lost, what did we have to do? Take care of creation, be good stewards of creation, and have a personal relationship with the, our creator. And both got damaged. And so God had to send his son Jesus to die for our sins, to make a way to redeem us back to him. And in the same way, I think we as Christians need to redeem our work back to what God has called it to be. And I'll show you what that is in just a little bit. But Jesus is at work right now. He's calling, drawing all men unto himself, right? He, he's, he's the high priest acting as an intercessor all the time. That's what Jesus is doing right now. He's not just sitting back, you know, he's preparing a place for us. I don't know what that looks like. But I think we've gotten into this idea that, that, that when we die and go to heaven, we're just going to lie there and do nothing. I don't have time to go into it all, but the scriptures don't teach that at all. I think we're going to be creating. I think we're going to be doing. I think there'll be tasks for us, roles for us, all based on how we do down here. But we, we can get into that at a different time, Okay. So what happened was, Paul uh, went to the, uh, started this church in Thessalonica, a place called Thessalonica, and what had happened to them is they, they got lazy. There, there are a couple things that were going on at this time. One is, the Greeks were taken, taken over, okay? They, they, they were, the, the philosophical thought of the day for the Greeks was that, hey, if you're a thinker, if you, if you kind of like analyze and you think and all that kind of stuff, that's better than a doer, if you're a merchant and all that kind of stuff, that's not what, what really what you want to do is you, it's all about the mind. You all, it's all about kind of this gnosis, okay? G-N-O-S-I-S. And, and the Gnostics, that's where we get that word, the Gnostics. Those are the thinkers. And that's better than, than anything else. And so uh, th- that's what's going on. The other thing that's going on in this church is they think the Lord's coming really soon. Now, here's a fun exercise to do for your mind. Imagine... If you think the Lord's coming next Sunday, what's your work week look like this week, right? They're like, hey, did you finish that report? And you're like, no, (laughs) no, Jesus is going to return. I'm going to get zapped up and I'm okay. You can do the report yourself. How do you like that? And go ahead and fire me. See what's going to happen. I mean, right. I mean, imagine you're going to school and the report's due in a month and you think Jesus is coming in two weeks. You're not going to work on that report. You're not going to do your chores. You're not going to do any of that kind of stuff. This was the pervasive idea of what's going on. And in 1 Thessalonians, Paul already warned him of that. And now he's writing another letter going, guys, <laughs> come on. Now here's what he says. It's really important. It says, for you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. Well, how are we supposed to follow your example? Memorize more scripture, evangelize more. I mean, what is the example we're supposed to follow? We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. In other words, we worked. We worked. Now, Paul didn't say, this, this is cursed be the ground that makes the apostle Paul have to work. He, this is what he thought you were supposed to do, especially to this church that he's trying to show them. And we'll see this later uh, as we go through the weeks of this of this particular series how they worked was an example to the world 
that was, his pro- that was one of his problems. This church was a poor example because they, they, every, they were all heady and all about spiritual stuff, but they couldn't, they couldn't work at all. You know what? This happens in ministry sometimes. Where a pastor feels like, man, if they're just thinking about you know, spiritual stuff and they, you know, they spend all day reading or whatever and there's real work that needs to be done in the church, they let it, they let it go. We had a guy one time come into our office he used to come in every day. And Jean Vier, who's our church administrator, there's two things about Jean Vier. She's very uh, hardworking and she's very patient. And so, um, so this person would come in every day because they didn't have a job. And uh, they'd sit and they'd talk to her. And um, I'd be in the other room and I'm extremely patient. And so um, uh, I, I would sit there and I, I'd be like, oh, man, because I knew it was driving John Vier nuts, but she's really nice. So I'd walk in, I'd go, hey, you know, I'd make some joke. Hey, you know, she's got to get back to work, you know. Uh, you know, see you later. You know, come on now, right? And, 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 and one particular time, and then he wasn't back since because I lost my mind. Uh, he said, you know what? I would like to be in full-time ministry. And, and I said, really, why is that? He's like, because you guys can just sit around and talk with people. And I'm like, no, no, we really can't. As a matter of fact, we, we don't just sit all day waiting for people to come. Like, John Vier's got a job to do. And, but there's an idea, and here's what we're going to debunk in a bit, that there's secular work and there's spiritual work. That there's, you have your secular job and you have what we call full-time ministry. And that's what this church was going to. They were going, oh, you know what? We're just about the kingdom, man. We're just about Jesus. He's coming back. You know, we don't need to work. Now, what was happening was they were burdening the people who were actually working. And so that's why Paul brings this up. He says, uh, we didn't eat anyone's food without paying for it. And then he says, on the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not burden any of you. We did this, not because we do not have the right to such help. In other words, they're saying we could have gotten an, we could have taken an offering and kind of run the church like anything else. Um, but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow, I believe personally that Christians should be the hardest working people in industry. I think we should have the best attitudes. I think we should, be, we should have the best outlook. I think we should be the fairest. I, I think when it comes to our particular job, whatever it is, I think Christians should be a model. I think Christians need to set the standard. I think for the businesses that Christians own, they need to pay their employees the best. I think when Christians get hired... They should go above and beyond. It's just how I feel. I feel like pastors should do the same thing. Missionaries should do the same thing. I don't think there's a distinction between me working at Subway and me being a pastor of a church. I don't think God feels the same way. I think God feels the same way too. I think God really cares about how we do our chores. God really cares about how we spend our retirement. God really cares about how we, how, how we enter into our workplace day after day, what kind of attitude we have, what kind of impact we're going to have. And I, I think this next section of scripture that we're going to look at is the key to it all. And I, I think if we could just get some of these concepts in our minds 
and we could just kind of begin to just let it, let it kind of play itself out in our work, I think, here's what I think. I don't think our jobs are going to get harder. I think we're going to bring freedom into the workplace. Freedom for ourselves and freedom for those around us. Let me show you what I'm talking about. And you're, you're going to get an idea right when I show you the first slide. Slaves. Okay, let's just stop right there. I don't know how bad your job is. It may be really bad. I mean, you, your boss might be just a psycho, okay? You might have a, a, a person in the cubicle next to you that takes 30 clicks to get through all their fingernails to clip them, all right? You might, it might be unfair. There might be a lot of politics and you don't want to play those games and all that kind of stuff. But when a verse starts off, slaves, <laughs> they kind of win, <laughs> okay? Like if you're getting into an argument of like, you should see my job, the dude's like, I'm a slave. Oh, okay, I'll be quiet, okay? So uh, you, you work, slaves, Obey your earthly masters in everything. Let's pray. (laughs) Okay. Everything? In Scripture, there's a lot of different times when God says something that is normal, but then adds something that's just impossible. It's just like like Jesus said this. He said, um, uh, you know, uh, if, you're, if, your hand, if your hand causes you to stumble, like, you know, we don't want to get anything, just cut it off. You're like, what? If your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. He says, don't commit adultery. You know, we've, you've heard that, right? And everyone's like, that's right, don't commit adultery. Hey, you know what? Let's take it one step further. If you even look on a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery. What? He said, don't kill anybody. Oh, Jesus, I'm with you there. I'm totally with you. No kill people. I've been following that my whole life. He said, yeah, you know what? Let, let's just take it one step farther. Let's just, say if, let's just say don't even get angry. Let's say don't even call your brother fool. And you're like, man, I did that yesterday. Like, really? I, like, not, like, in other words, Jesus shows you where the cliff is. And he says, we all agree that if you drive over that cliff, there's going to be a big, big, big problem. So let's put our sign bridge out four miles back. And let's allow God to move at that point. Not when you're slamming on your brakes and the edge of your car is teetering over the edge. He says, let's just go back there. This is exactly what he's doing here. Slaves. If you're a slave, obey your master in everything. Well, but what about, but I don't, it's clear. Now, again, for us as Americans, could we, could we say, hey, employees, Obey your managers. Could we say, you know, if you're at work and your boss says, hey, I want this cleaned up. And it's like, that's a, you pull out your job description. You're going down and then in here. And that was so-and-so's and they were on break and they took 10 minutes longer in their break. Is that what it's saying? No. Now watch, it goes on. Obey your earthly masters and everything and do it not only when their eye is on you to win their favor. Like Paul just knows us. Have you ever done this? I've totally done this. I was at my work doing something on the computer and I got sidetracked probably with YouTube or something like that. And then I've like called other uh, uh, co-workers over. I'm like, watch this. And then when the skateboard hits him in the head, watch, you know, and, and we got them all over. And then the boss comes in and I'm just like, and that's why sales are down. Back to your, you know, and you, you hide it or you're playing a little game and you like quickly do the spreadsheet thing. And you're like, hmm, wow, yeah, that's right. Okay, this human nature. 
You get into a conversation, you like realize your, your boss comes by and then it's only when he's there that you realize, man, I just wasted the last 20 minutes of work. Paul knows this about us. And he says, listen, I want you to obey your masters in everything, even when they're on vacation, even when they're not around, even when it's unreasonable and no one's gonna know. Now, we're starting to see already that maybe we're thinking of work in, a, in the wrong way. Maybe we're not letting it totally hit us right. And so he goes on. He says, this is one of the keys, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. So now you got to not only do everything and you got to do everything when they're not around, but it has to be sincere out of reverence to God. God, think about that. If I make sandwiches for a living, I work at Subway, let's say, okay? I'm making sandwiches. God cares about the way I do that. God cares about my work. God cares really about my heart. So here's the verse that that you can put in your cubicle. You can put on your, when you're driving to work, you can put it, if you're changing diapers, right there on the changing table. Uh, if it's, if you've got, if you want to put this in your backpack, if you want to write it on the outside of all your books that are covered, however you want to do it. I think this verse kind of just brings the whole thing together. It, it really tells us kind of where we're supposed to go. It's in verse uh, 23. Whatever you do, whatever, Work at it with all your heart. But it doesn't matter what it is. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. You say, I work at the Regal Cinema, and my job is to tear, to take your ticket, tear it, give it back to the person, and put it in a box. How am I supposed, I mean, what does that look like? Like, Yippee! Welcome to Regal Cinema. May you have a blessed time watching the Avengers. Second theater to your right, you know, and then pop it in there and ta-da! Like, what does it look like to tear tickets with all your heart, to make a sandwich with all your heart, to do a spreadsheet with all your heart? See, I think that's the question we should be asking ourselves at work. Not, am I getting everything I was designed to get out of my work? Am I getting, am I putting everything I was designed to put into it? That's the key. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not man. Are you retiring for the Lord? Like, does your retirement, like, like, is God giving you your retirement orders? At school, is God, when it comes time to do your homework and, and God is saying, okay, the report's due, what, what's the best way do you think right now to, to use your time? If you're a stay-at-home mom and all this, like, how, what does it look like to work at that with all your heart? See, I don't think God really cares what we do. I think he cares how we do it. And I think he really cares because we were designed a certain way. We were designed to create. We were designed to produce. And when we shortchange that, I think we shortchange God. 
So, that's the question this morning. Since whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, is working for the Lord, not for man. What would that look like this week? Would tomorrow, as we all go to work, what does it look like? You step into work, 8 o'clock, clock in. Well, I'm working for the Lord now. Just changed jobs. He's my master. <laughs> would your job change? Would your attitude change? Would your attitude towards a coworker change? Would your attitude towards a promotion or a raise change? Now watch, it goes on. It gets kind of weird. It says, working for the Lord, not to men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Now here's the thing. When we see that word inheritance, oftentimes we think, oh, salvation, like eternity with God. But think about that theologically. It doesn't make any sense. If I work hard, I make it to heaven. That's like the opposite of the Bible, right? We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. What's this inheritance? What, what, what is this idea? Here's what I think. Here's what I think kind of the whole point of this thing is. The kingdom of God can be manifested at your job. And how you do your job impacts the kingdom of God. And God rewards us based on how we perform in his kingdom. Not by salvation. That's freely given. But you go through, you go through the parable of the talents. What is Jesus saying? What kind of steward are you with the stuff I've given you? I gave one five, one three, one two. One's the CEO of a company. One, uh, one you know, works at whatever and one works at whatever. I mean, you know, I, no, no matter what I pick, I'm going to get a letter. Like, you know, Starbucks isn't the bottom of the totem pole. You know, it's like, you know, I'm just joking. But, but right, I mean, like, like, like pick your thing. Like, what, what God doesn't care. He says, man, I'm going to reward you wherever you're working. If you're infusing that place with my kingdom, you're going to be rewarded. With a raise? I don't know. God, it's up to God. We work for God. God is our boss. The, guy, the crazy guy, he's just one of God's managers that God decided to let work there, okay? Now, you, uh, since you, as, a, as a reward. Now listen, here, here it is. Key right here. It's the Lord you're serving. <laughs> It's clear as day. Your job tomorrow, it's the Lord you're serving. There's no way around it. God is your boss. Listen, this can be terribly frightening, (laughs) right? I mean, this is the thing of full-time ministry. People feel like, if if I get into full-time ministry, my, my job is now given more value because I'm doing ministry and, 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 and you might be in your job going, man, I'd love to do ministry for a full-time job. Then my job would have worth. Your job has kingdom worth now. Going into full-time ministry is not gonna make it more valuable. As a matter of fact, here's, here's kind of my point for this morning. There's no secular work. You don't have a secular job and a spiritual job. My job isn't spiritual and yours is secular. There's no sexual, uh, sexual work. Oh, boy. Secular. There's no secular work. <laughs> Here we go. There's no secular work. It's all spiritual. No matter where you work, it's spiritual. It's the kingdom. It's, it can either be advancing the kingdom or not advancing the kingdom. 
And there's no menial task. On your, on your bulletin, I put work for, there's no menial work, but I changed it last minute this morning. There's no menial task. You're changing diapers. You're doing it for the Lord. You're infusing the kingdom of God into that, into that space. You're retired and you got all sorts of free time. That's, that's all the Lord's time, right? It's up to him to decide. Now listen, there, there's no problem with relaxation, right? We work for six days. We got the Sabbath. He embedded it into our existence. There's no problem with vacation. There's no problem with working, saving up your money and retiring. But what does God, what would he have you do with that time and that money you've saved up? I, I believe this so strongly. I, you know, some of, I, I'm really wary of people who want to go into full-time ministry. I'm just telling you, I, I just, I've, I, 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 I always think that they're trying to get out of work. That they're trying to like, oh man, that would be really cool to talk to people all day. You don't talk to people all day. It's a job like anything else. And you have to be called. It's not a life fulfillment thing. You've got to be called. And I meet a lot of people in full-time ministry that are just flat out lazy. That's what we're going to be talking about next week. Laziness. Your job is spiritual it's so spiritual it's not secular and you think but man i drive a truck god doesn't see it that way he really doesn't and there's no menial task the filing you do at work or the or you're you're making decisions to buy a company there's no difference to god let me show you real quick um now, he goes on, he says, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there's no favoritism. In other words, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in a job where there's favoritism. I, I was in a job one time where the where family members worked there, and you're going, like, er, like, it, it seemed like everybody's full-time job was to make up for the family member, you know? And so it's like, man, there's favoritism, or maybe you've been in a workplace, and they hire the you know, new attractive secretary, and you've been there 20 years, and she gets all the attention, or he gets all the attention, or whatever. But with God, there's no favoritism. You know how freeing this is? All God cares about is that I do what I do with all my heart and it's up to him to do everything else. That's so freeing to be at your work and go, man, if I don't say this, if I don't do this, if I, I might not get that promotion. I might, and Lord's like, I'll repay you. There's an inheritance for you if you do what I want. But if you don't, there's gonna be a problem. I need you faithful where you're at. We are called from the beginning of time from our creation to be good stewards of what God has given us. And then one last verse. Uh, Masters. These are for you managers. These are for you business owners. Anyone who's uh, managing somebody. God's got some pretty strong stuff to say about you being over someone else. Masters, provide your slaves. And by the way, HR will give you a call if you call them your slaves, okay? I just want to let you know. <laughs> Masters, provide, yeah, managers, impl- uh, provide your employees with what is right and fair. Oftentimes for managers, your bonus is based on productivity of the people working under you. And your temptation is going to be to pay them less, to keep things on time, to work them harder, to get as much as you possibly can because at the end of the year, your bonus depends on that. Watch what God says because you know that you also have a master in heaven. You know, 
here's the thing. I think God cares about our work. I think he cares a lot. And I think he makes decisions in our lives based on how we perform. Again, you go back to that parable of the talents. He said, man, this dude, this guy was, I gave him five talents. He turned into 10. Man, give him, give him some more talents. Come on, let's go. This is great. And to the one who just kind of hid it and just, oh, I don't know, I got to get what's mine. I was scared. I didn't want, I didn't, I I just, I I was unsure. He says, man, get that guy out of here. 